Welcome to Eastridge Today with Steve Jameson, lead pastor of Eastridge Church in Issaquah and West Seattle. We invite you to worship with us at EastridgetodayRadio.com or in person every weekend. Today, we'll hear from Greg Mundus, head of AG World Missions. I'd like to frame my remarks this morning with a scripture out of Matthew chapter 24. Chapter 24, verses 4, and I'll read some selective verses there. In verse four it says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and to be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. And then skipping down to verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Thanks, Lord, for that word. I pray as we minister this morning that your Holy Spirit will use me in these 30 or so minutes to bring you glory. Amen. So I would like to share with you uh, a message that uh, the Lord has laid on my heart called Ministry in a World of Crisis. Ministry in a World of Crisis. So I'd like to define crisis for us this morning. And it goes like this. A crisis is any critical incident that involves death, serious injury, sickness or threat to people, damage to environment, animals and property, and or data, disruption of operations, financial failing, and, and for us particularly as believers in Jesus Christ, a threat to the ability to carry out our God-mandated mission. God-mandated mission, Jesus gave it in his last words to go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Assemblies of God World Missions from about 1914 till the present day, we have taken that very seriously and our mission statement is very concise and clear. We establish the church among all people everywhere by reaching, planning, training, and serving. Reaching is evangelism, planting is church planting, training is discipleship from from a discipleship group to earning a PhD at one of our institutions and serving as our word for compassion. And so that's our mission. So as we talk about in a world of crisis, let's, let's keep that framework in mind. The scripture reading in Matthew 24 and our mission as a movement even is to establish the church among all people everywhere because we believe in the local church. We believe that Jesus said he would build his church And that church is the answer for the crises in the world. So if I'm naming off some crises, let me start with the first one. And that first one is um, a world crisis. It would be a spiritual crisis, a spiritual crisis. Now, that's nothing new. You know that. That's uh, from the time of Adam and Eve when they chose to disobey God. That just had ramifications and cascaded through the year hundreds and year thousands and millenniums to the present day. We have a spiritual crisis. So if you want to identify that even a little bit more, in our world of eight plus billion people, 
3.2 billion of those people have no access or little access to the gospel that you hear every Sunday. That the gospel you can hear on radio, on TV, read in magazines or newspapers, read in books, hear on the radio, get on the internet and have access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel, as you know, means good news. Those 3.2 billion people have no idea of the good news that we embrace every day of our lives because Jesus Christ came in our lives, saved us from sin, put us on the right track, and giving us life and life abundantly, the scripture says. So let me break that down just so you understand a little bit what is that 3.2 billion people means. Right now, consider this. 134 million babies are born every year on planet Earth. Of that 134 million, 463,000 are born daily. So around the world, 463,000 babies are born. If you break that out and understand that 3.2 billion of that 8 billion and all those babies being born, 37% of them live in that unreached world of being born into not knowing who Jesus is and with no tradition, no understanding of who Jesus is. If you break that down even further, that's 171,000 people of those unreached people, 3.2 billion people that are being born every day or about 7,000 babies per hour. So by the time you got up this morning, and some of you got up really early, and some of you got up maybe half hour ago, of that time, babies are being born that will not have access to the gospel unless something changes. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have people that are dying every day on planet Earth. 69 million of them are dying every day on planet Earth. So if you take that form, same formula and saying of that, of the 3.2 million people that are, or, uh, that are of the 8 billion people, you get an amount of about 189,000 people that are daily stepping into a Christless eternity. That's 2,400 people every hour. There are three no's that affect me deeply when I talk about these dear people. The first no, they have no church. There's no witness of Jesus Christ in their community. There's no people that know Jesus, so there's no church and there's no witness. I mean, just think of it. How many of you came to Christ because somebody told you about Jesus? Can you raise your hand? I mean, it's like most of us. Because somebody took the time to tell us that Jesus can save us from our sins, that he can give us new life that he can turn things around in our life. He can free us from drugs. He can free us from sexual immorality. He can free us from the pains of life because we're broken people and we need to be restored and we need to be made new. And Jesus says and comes into our life and can do that. They have no church to share that message, no witness. And get this, how many of you have a Bible at home or brought it with you? Cool. How many have two? or three. How many like have a dozen Bibles at home, right? I mean, every version you can think of, NIV, ASV, Message, KG, 
B, JV, whatever. All the, all the translations of the Bible that we have in English, right? They have no Bible in their language. So even if they got saved somehow by a miraculous thing, there's nowhere they can read the word of God. So when we think about these people, that's why we have world missions and we have 2,640 world missionaries sent out by the Assemblies of God of the United States serving in about 190 countries of the world with partnerships in over 250 countries, territories, and provinces. Because our forefathers said, <laughs> they said that they lifted, they, they lifted their voice up in 1914 in Chicago, Illinois, and gave a word of prophecy. And that prophecy was, God, raise up for your glory the greatest generation or the greatest movement of salvation the world has ever known. And God answered that prayer and is answering that prayer. Around the world, we have over 71 million believers that are members of the Assemblies of God like you are. There are over 360,000 churches in the network of the Assemblies of God in 108 years. And just to give you some perspective, how many McDonald's are there in the world? I mean, it's the greatest fast food restaurant the world has ever seen, right? There's 40,000 of them. So the assemblies of God, because of the work of the Holy Spirit, because you see, the Holy Spirit began being outpoured at the beginning of the 20th century, the early 1900s. And that outpouring of the Holy Spirit resulted in a, in a movement from Azusa Street that, that, that started in India, that started in Europe. And today, 100 years plus later, we have over 640 million Pentecostal charismatics in the world because of the outpouring of the Spirit. And the outpouring of the Spirit, even as Jesus was talking about, means that the end times, the last days, are imminent. We are living in times where we literally could see the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in our hearts, we cry out in one way, Maranatha, Lord, come back. But on the other side, Lord, there's so many people that need to hear. How can we get the message to them? And how can we get the message to our brothers and sisters around the world that are suffering for the name of Jesus? You know, November the 6th is the day of the persecuted church where we remember brothers and sisters that are ostracized, that are marginalized, that are put in prison, that are killed, literally martyred because they named the name of Jesus. In 2021, 6,000 people would not deny Jesus around the world that we, didn't, that we would know about and, and they were killed because of their faith. And we sit here in this land of the United States and with all that's going on, good or bad, we have the freedom to name the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we don't take that lightly. We have the freedom to send emissaries, which you do. You send missionaries around the world so that the gospel can be preached. And guess what? You support ministries, which I would like to mention just one this morning called International Media Ministries, that preaches the gospel 24 hours a day on the net, in video, in radio, and television stations around the world. It's absolutely an incredible ministry. So I can't even, I can't even begin to name all the countries they're involved in throughout the Western Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere, the Eastern Hemisphere, 
in many restricted areas of the world, they can preach the gospel because of the internet, because of video, because of just all the things that can be done electronically now. So thank you. Pastor is a member of their board and he'll have something to say at the end of the service about them. Let me talk about a second crisis very quickly. War, conflict, and displaced people. War, conflict, and displaced people. Think of what is happening even here in the 21st century. Syria, the war there. Yemen, Myanmar, what's going on still there. It's not in our headlines, but the country is in terrible disruption and conflict. Ethiopia, Afghanistan, that is not in the news anymore, but hello, they need Jesus desperately. And the Ukraine. Listen, right now, today, 84 million people today were recorded have been forcibly removed from their homes because of war and conflict. Think of that around the world, whether internally displaced people or refugees that are roaming around the world or in camps that right now need help. Think of it in, this, in terms of like this. Uh, this includes 13 million Syrians and 14 million Ukrainians. And I want you to know that there is a challenge in a crisis for us as the Church of Jesus Christ. That's with a capital C, too. Not just a small C, not just a local church, but us as a church of Jesus Christ. And I, I want to just give you some good news. That when, this, when the war clouds were going on, and I mean the war has been going on since the annexation of Crimea, actually, if you want to just go deep into that. But since the escalation this past winter, the fact of the matter is that the, the, the European national churches saw what was coming. They looked at the horizon, saw what was coming, and began to prepare. Our missionaries began to prepare across Europe and Eurasia. And there have been, just say, in Poland alone, about 1.5 million refugees that came into that country of like 38 million people. And guess what? The church was ready for them, the missionaries were ready for them, and with cooperation with organizations like Convoy of Hope, we have been feeding them, we have been clothing them, we have been sharing the gospel with them, and right now today, 35 new Ukrainian churches have been started in the country of Poland. Because, yeah, amen, amen. Because of missionaries and the national believers working together and just reaching out with faith, and, and the word and deeds and help, that whole statement that we've talked about, reaching, planting, training, serving, in effect right now with missionaries that you support. So thank you so very much. I think of, well, number three, economic instability and adverse environmental issues. Think of Afghanistan. Like I said, it's not in the headlines, but there are between 12 and 20 million people that are starving. Now, we had to pull our missionaries out because of the American passport, right? But there are other, other countries and uh, organizations and churches that can go there because they're not USA. And so they're there, and they've established ministry there, and they've established reaching out to these people. And we, because of the generosity of churches here in the United States, have been able to supply well, in one event, and we're doing others, but to supply in this one event $80,000 to touch the poorest of the poor in the capital city of Kabul. And even Afghani TV came out and recorded that because they couldn't believe that Western organizations hadn't abandoned them. Brothers and sisters, thank you. 
to thank you for giving, but thank you for remembering when the headlines are gone, people are still there. People still need help. So thank you for giving and for praying. And the last area I'd like to address is rampant sickness and disease. Pastor mentioned it in March of 2020. I, uh, I conducted or I contacted uh, COVID-19, okay, the original COVID. Within days, I was admitted to a hospital because my wife worked hard to get me into the hospital. They didn't even want to send an ambulance to our house. Everybody didn't know what was happening. If you remember in March of 2020, it was like, come on, what is this all about? All they knew is that there was like almost a spirit of fear that went across America. And, but they put me in the hospital on Monday, March the 16th. They gave me a 10% chance to live that night. And people went to prayer. And I survived the night. They intubated me. That means that, you know, they put a vent down my throat. They, uh, of course, I was unconscious. In fact, I was unconscious for 42 days, vented for that length of time. Two weeks later, they called my son, who was the doctor that recorded that on Facebook, for those of you that followed that. And two weeks later, they said, look, we can't do anything more for your father. What do you want to do? He had the advanced directive. He called my my wife, he called his sister that was out of the country serving in missions in the Middle East. And they said, what are we gonna do about dad? And they said, let's give him one more chance. Let's pray. They prayed and, and said, let's give him one more chance. And so they helicoptered me from Springfield, Missouri to St. Louis. Uh, I was on a vent. I had, they had to take me off dialysis. Uh, let me read real quick what was wrong with me so that you get a picture. I had an infection with a deadly virus, emergent intubation, pulmonary failure, blood clots in arms and legs, cardiac complications from experimental medication, gastrointestinal infection, breath, <gasps> bilateral secondary pneumonia, acute respiratory distress syndrome, acute kidney failure, fungemia, which is infection in the blood, sepsis, tracheostomy, bed sores, and post-sedation delirium, which my wife thinks I still have on occasion. I was in, I made it, I made it because of prayer. I made it to St. Louis. Three weeks, I was, yeah. And I made it, I made it for three more weeks in transition hospitals and rehab hospitals and seven weeks of rehab because of the goodness of God and because of the prayers of God's saint. And there's one thing I know, I'm grateful for the medical community. But I'm grateful for my brothers and sisters, and some of you don't even know who I was, and you prayed for me. And I want you to know God hears prayers. Hello, God hears prayers. And God heals. God heals. No matter the timing, however that is, I can't dictate to God ever what I want. All I know is I place my burden, my prayer, I deposit it in heaven, and God does his work. So would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today, and you need a physical touch in your body, if you need something in your spirit, if you're broken in your emotions, if you came here because there was an argument in your family, if you came here because you're just looking for any strand of hope that you can get, I want you to know that God is here to meet your need. 
I know why I want you to know that God can meet your need. And if you have that, if you have that need, whether in your body or in your heart or in your mind, wherever it is, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Would you stand so I can just see you better? Because I'm just going to pray a prayer of faith. And by your standing, I want you to know that is an act of faith. By your standing physically, you're saying to God, I believe. I believe that you can touch my situation. And if you're, if you're watching online and you're sitting down, would you stand up? And I'm going to ask Pastor and, 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 and the Mathesons just to point their hands with me and pray the prayer of faith because we're going to believe God that he's going to touch you in some way. He's going to answer that prayer that you're praying and we're going to join with you in prayer. And so Father God, I ask you in the name of your son, Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, the one that came to earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and right now is interceding for us and interceding for those that raised their hands and are standing. I pray for them, Lord, that in your precious name, the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus, the omnipotent name of Jesus, the name of Jesus that is supreme and awesome, I pray in that name, Lord, that you would meet every need according to your riches and glory. Lord, that people would be healed, that emotions would be, be, be restored, that marriages, Lord, would be worked out and there would become a love because love covers a multitude of sins. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, that Lord, people that have been plagued in their hearts and their minds. I pray for little children, Lord Jesus, that are hospitalized. I pray for those that are standing in proxy for others. I pray, Father, you would hear the cry of our hearts, Lord, and Lord, that you would answer according to your goodness and your blessing and according to your grace, because you are, as we heard this morning already, you are a good, good God. And so I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Could you just give God glory and a clap of faith? Let's believe God. Amen. Amen. God is good, friends, and he's working. He's working. Even when you don't see that he's working, he's working. So you hang on to your prayers, and you said, I didn't receive a healing yet. Yet. So hang in there and keep trusting God. Amen. Let me give you... Let me give you five responses to my ministry in crisis analysis of what I say of the Lord is. Number one, we just practice it. We need to pray and intercede. Friends, a new spirit, a new, a new, a renewal of prayer and the understanding of prayer in our lives and intercession. Let's continue to pray and pray with passion and heart. Secondly, let's carry the burdens of fellow believers. You know, even by you standing, people around were praying and praying for you and with you. And I'm such an evidence of people just praying for me. Didn't even know who I was. Probably couldn't even pronounce my last name. But people prayed. And I'm standing here as a living witness of the goodness and the grace of God. Third, uh, let's pray and have faith, but let's also tangibly help, like we did in Afghanistan, like we're doing in Poland, like you do locally by giving to uh, ministries that help people, street people and people on addiction and everything else. Thank you, thank you. Number four, we can't be myopic in our faith or nearsighted. Let's look to the horizons, okay? Let's look to the horizons and see the need on the right, because there's a harvest out there, Jesus says. These 3.2 billion people are not lost. 
for eternity, we need to pray that God would send workers. That's the prayer of Jesus. That's the prayer of Jesus. Pray that workers would be sent into the harvest field. And then the last one, finally, we need to be influencers, motivators. We need to be examples for each other and to the world that Jesus Christ makes a difference in the world, in people's individual lives. And you know what? If you were a smart politician, you'd be thankful for the church of Jesus Christ because it's not only about the prayer and the intercession, which is so important, but it's about reaching out and helping. The government doesn't have a greater friend than the church of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. And I don't know why I said that. What are you gonna do? Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for the time that we spent together. We just pray your Holy Spirit would finish a work that you've started in people's lives today. Lord, I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow, wasn't that just a heartfelt, great message from the Holy Spirit into our lives? Can you just show a little bit of love and appreciation? Thank you so much, Greg and Sandy, for coming and investing in and through us. You know, today, um, Greg has talked a little bit about different parts, obviously, that have just impacted us. But one of the things that we want to do today is talk about international media ministry. Every Every month, once a month, we receive a second offering for a strategic partner. And this month, we want to ask God to help us do a great work for the sake of IMM. I think that uh, IMM may be, pound for pound, the most effective uh, use of a dollar anywhere in the world. They, they minister, as I've shared with you through the years, but on a shoestring, but they're doing amazing uh, areas, everything from short videos that are going all over the world. It's amazing because even out in the middle of Africa, you'll find herdsmen that have a cell phone. I mean, it's unbelievable. You're wondering, how do they, how does this work? But they can get a call and, and they can even link in and see in their own language sh- the short videos and different aspects of the message of Jesus. Today, it would just be so great for us to help fuel this mission. And I want to invite you to join Cheryl and I and so many others today that as we take this offering once a month, if you would let God just touch your heart, you can go to all of our normal places today. You can go to our mobile app. You can go to eStreetsToday.com. If you want to be a part of this, I just, I just believe it's a great thing. And I would encourage you to be generous and sow a seed that God can use to touch the world. I'd love to pray with you about that right now. Would you just open your heart with me? Lord, I thank you for people that are in key positions, giving of their lives for the sake of of developing this kind of programming. And I pray, Lord, for encouragement over them and strength over them. But God, they also have a battle of finance and resource. And I pray that, Lord, you would use us and so many other churches to come alongside. They don't have the ability to go out and try and make money or do money. But God, we can have that part of helping them. So I pray that you'll touch our hearts. You'll just encourage us. And Lord, whatever, whatever you would put in our heart, may we be faithful to trust you with and trust to do your work, God. And we just pray that many, many people will come to the Lord because of what we're doing right here, right now. And we just give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm just going to encourage you to do that. And uh, let's, let's just believe God together for something great to happen. 
That's about all the time we have for today. But if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can visit us at EastridgeTodayRadio.com and tune in next week for another installment of Eastridge Today.